Welcome back to the Uptime Wind Energy Podcast. I'm your host, Alan Hall, and I'm here with Joel Saxum, and we are in Riga, Latvia, with the Rones. We're actually at the mothership of Arones with Danis Cruz and Greta Kramina. And we came all the way to Latvia because we wanted to learn where you guys are at. Yeah. Uh, and uh, obviously this repair season has been pretty busy and uh, we've seen you all over the world, but we haven't seen the latest innovations and in, in robots and where this uh, and, new and, facility and is. This, yeah, this, <laughs> this, this thing here. Yeah, so that, uh, you guys moved into a new facility. Yes. This yes. year. Yes. And we're only showing part of the facility. This small is the part, very, the small, very part. small part, right? Yeah. This is the manufacturing facility where all the robot uh, manufacturing happens at in the, the design process. But there's another building next door, which is six stories and you're four of those four stories. Sort, yeah. 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 And they're full of engineers and technicians and uh, customer support people. Above. Yeah. So there's, there's just a lot going on uh, in Lafayette at the moment. And I, I think we, the, the, the thing that I wanted to come see, and we traveled, I don't know, two, 3,000 miles to get here, was to, to understand where you guys are at and how far you have advanced from when I think we first met, which is probably three years ago now. Mm -hmm. like there's a lot that has happened. Uh, the robot designs have matured greatly. Everything the has, offerings. yeah, the number of I mean, services provided is, is while it's I crazy walked us around yesterday and we just, this is for this and this is for that and this is another service we do here and this is a special project we're gonna here and this is this oh man this is like so if you thought of Arones a few years ago as a, a company that does some robotic tower cleaning and that was cool right you've got to see this because what you can see in the camera right now is like Alan said the manufacturing facility behind that wall is a is a complete machine shop CNC lathes five access machines welding testing all the above and you're just seeing one building here behind us two stories of offices here uh, a rapid prototyping room over here with I don't know, 15 3d printers yes. and all kinds of people running around in, uh, in full <laughs> rowing gear getting right. stuff done oh, yeah. yeah and the hats we're talking here why don't yeah. you guys give us kind of the rundown of where you're at oh yeah um in the last three years um we've done a lot uh the team your has done a lot uh we we've built what we dreamt to build mm. uh we've done what we uh what we wanted to do and you know like finally we are maturing into a growth stage company and not a startup anymore right right so um in the very beginning we understood that you know like just with the cleaning or just with lightning protection system test it's 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 not gonna fly yeah uh right so there are a lot more problems on the blades and a lot more problems on the turbines where the robotics and and uh analytics and and new technologies is inevitable like like if we want to if the renewables wants to fight with the basically the fossil fuel yeah. uh industry like mm -hmm. like to be it, it needs to become more effective like uh it needs to become cheaper mm -hmm. and one thing is to build more effective turbines but uh another thing is like how to maintain them properly yeah. and, and better absolutely and you can see that by the what you guys have listened to the market You've listened to the customers in the business development and sales side, and they've come back and said, hey, we need this, or we would like this, or this is a pain point. And you can see internal crawler inspection. You can see, you have to tell me what these are. <laughs> what these all are. It's a leading edge. Yeah, it's but, a leading yeah. edge repair. Yeah, it's be coating application. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, so all of the, the primary market research that they're doing, uh, listening to the, the industry, and I mean, 
we were here yesterday talking again we're, we're here for the uptime podcast but we also have day jobs uh weather guard working with our strike tape product but you know what how can we how could we install it with the Rones robots as well to make it you know more efficient for the entire industry uh here having a couple conversations with danis and greta and, and Giannis and some of the team and then all of a sudden this morning we had some rapid prototyping like <laughs> Um, models jigs on the table when we walked in the door so the the capability of the engineering team here i mean we, we talked with them yesterday right we did 35 40 more than, yeah, more yeah than 35 r engineers, engineers yeah. up on the fourth or fifth yeah. floor i mean just make just making stuff happen so it's it's quite impressive yeah. 55 engineers to be yeah. exact wow yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the thing i noticed was having been to a lot of engineering organizations and manufacturing organizations and worked in a number of them there's a, there comes a certain precipice or a certain point in the business where you have to go big scale yeah. you have to have drawing revisions you have to have the iso certification i want yes. to talk about that uh, you, you have to have somebody managing where all the components are all around the world. Those things are in place. Yeah. Those systems are in place. Having those systems in place allows you to scale at a much faster rate than two or three years ago where everything is, you're trying to make all these moving pieces happen. And I think that is where the advantage is in our own it's today. It's because you've grown and you've, you've found the space, you've installed the system so that you can react anywhere in the world to whatever uh, the situation is. And I know there's some top secret programs uh, that we had a little glimpse of yesterday that you could do rapidly. Mm -hmm. uh, a operator and an OEM calls and says, hey, Danis, I need this done and I need it done around the world. Sure. Yeah, we have the systems in place yeah, to make, make it, it happen. happen. That's the answer, yeah. Right, so you, let's talk about the ISO piece. There, yeah. you, you have three, three different ISOs. Yes. What are the three? 45001, 14001, and 9001. Yeah. Yes. Those three. Those yes. are the three important yeah. ones. Those are the ones that matter. And yeah. and they're difficult. So coming from a background where I was part of an audit teams, trying to get those and making it happen, to do it in a scale this size, uh, with this big yeah. of a team, with so many things you have going on, because not only do you have manufacturing, you have right. in, in engineering and engineering revisions, you're doing the actual manufacturing a 30% of your own manufacturing rate in-house, yeah. scaling that to be more. And then on top of that, you have field operations. Yes. Right? right. And that, and that a big part. Yeah, yeah, having the field operations. Greta, we were talking about this yesterday. For product development uh, for a robotics company, the way you guys are set up is fantastic because you have your technicians, your Arones employees that have a little bit of an engineering background going to yeah. the field. So the people that are using the robots in the field have a direct closed feedback loop to the engineering yeah. teams. And that is so important. Yeah, hey yeah. guys, this didn't work, or hey guys, this needs to be a little bit better. Yeah. We need to make this quicker in the field, these kind of things. Um, and I know we just we had dinner last night and Danis was showing up stuff, hey, this is kind of a productivity tool we use in the field to to understand what's happening, right? So because we noticed that we had different teams that this was taking this long and this was taking this long, so to revamp our processes, make sure everybody's on the same page, uh, they're doing a lot of really cool stuff in the background here that you, it, it's like you said, not a startup. Oh, yeah. We're, we're moving here. Right? It's like, you know, like one thing is to build a robot, uh, which is the fun part. Uh, yeah. But another, yeah. a, a, another thing is yeah. to build a company. Uh, right. And the right. company is not about the robots. The company is about the operations, how you do the job. Yeah. Uh, right. You know, like, uh, do you keep it safe? Do you keep it efficient? Mm -hmm. And uh, we've done a great job, uh, I think, on this thing. It's and we've not, done yeah. a lot of mistakes uh, during the process. But uh, 
but we've learned fast. Uh, we've right. improved. We are improving all of the technologies, all of the software in the background. Uh, so whenever we do the, some mistake, we, we make everything that we don't do that mistake again. Yeah. And there's a saying, actually, if you are correcting your mistakes, then it does not count as a mistake. <laughs> you know? I like it. I like it. Yeah, so, I mean, it's so it, you're, you're yeah, at the cutting learning edge. curve. Yeah, you're 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 not on the learning curve. You're writing the learning curve of robotics in wind. Oh yeah, right. So yeah. there's going to be some pitfalls. There's going to be some things that uh, that didn't work out quite perfectly. However, <clears throat> as long as you learn from them, you make those mistakes, you make those adjustments, and move forward. That's what's going to move the industry forward. Oh yeah, you're doing things no one's done before. Yeah. Oh yeah. So it's a learning curve all the time. Yeah. But the, the I think the now mm-hmm. versus two, three years ago is that all that experience is built into the design of the product and the and the way you apply and approach certain problems is different because you've learned from those situations. And I think that's why the scaling is happening now. You have to go through those uh, difficult times to get to here. Oh, yeah. And, and now's the time to go uh, because it's been validated. I think it from... from Walking around and seeing all the systems in place, and that's You're I'm a systems guy, right? I'm an engineering guy. Engineer. I want to I want to know that going on. right, right. I, I know I know that what this chaos means, uh, and if you don't have systems, if you don't have an ISO in place, it gets a little out of control. Yeah. But you're managing it into the point where now you're outside of Latvia. Right, you have a facility yeah. in the United States. Yeah, Dallas. Yes, yeah. Speak Dallas. to us about the scale. Yeah, you guys are set to scale, and you're doing it. So speak to us about where you're at now, where the next frontiers are for for markets. I mean, United States is our main market. It's okay. it's I believe it's going to be like that for a while. Uh, but we are super happy. We have set our facility there in Lake Dallas, so that is our base. Our right base. in Texas. Yeah, and th- that's the second home away from home. There you go. Uh, and and uh, yeah, we're super happy because they're obviously it's not at the scale like this here, but but uh, yeah, we have the operations center there. We have like the robots come in, they get maintained, they get sent out to the field. The technicians come in. There's also the technicians' home and base. Um, and slowly from next year, we're gonna also start to put administrations in there, business development team, and it's really gonna grow as the second home away from home so super excited about that one and i mean in terms of technicians then we have around 100 technicians that are working all around the world yeah around 60 percent of those are based in the u.s it's it's not a startup you know as what we're saying and and those teams on the field um we are putting actually a lot of technicians that are coming from latvia we are again now mixing also with the locals but it's we are really working on that feedback loop that we mentioned because Mm. As we are seeing, coming from tower cleaning now to the LPS and then now to the repair robot, we definitely see that we can do complicated things. Mm-hmm. We can't like the robots actually are there. We are challenging ourselves with these things, you know, like we are right. like, we need to get there. How are we going to get there? Yeah. Right. And like step by step, we are making it happen. So the next step is like crack repair. We're going to we really want to go into a more complex like fiberglass repair and, and just get things done more efficiently. Yeah. and. and kind of solve the industry's problems. Yeah, and you're doing it globally right now. I know we talked right. yesterday, walk around, ah, oh, this kit's going to Brazil tomorrow. Yeah, there is um, Brazil, there is Australia, Australia yeah. there is Europe. Um, yeah, I mean, Canada also. So so it's it's going pretty big. <laughs> yeah, the number of, of uh, trailers and equipment in Dallas itself yeah. was tremendous, right? Yeah. Because, because there's a number of wind turbines across, obviously in the United States, a lot of wind turbines you have to have scale. You, yeah. you just can't have one robot 
bouncing around. It looks like a large, like when you, if you were to drive past the images and videos you're showing us of the, of the shop, if you were to drive past that or visit that facility, you would think this is a large blade repair ISP. Oh, easy. In the oh, yeah. US. You're, you would, you're never going to think, oh, this is some robotics startup company just no. getting going. Like, no, 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 is, no. These no. guys are, this is a forward operating base. They're making stuff happen. And kind of reflecting your point of visiting, this is our goal. So yeah. uh, we want to invite our customers or partners next year to our facility in Dallas to actually visit us there because obviously this is something impressive, but but it's, as, as you said, it's long hours of flight and miles, and it's yeah. not that you can get to it in a couple of hours to reach Latvia, although we are also inviting everyone here because this is impressive and, and, yeah. and yeah. this highly is the real deal. Highly but. recommended. If you get the chance to come to Latvia, Danis, yes. Greta, Giannis, the team, Anytime. go out to dinner Anytime. with them, <laughs> go to dinner, get the tour, hopefully you don't get stuck in the snow. The city's beautiful. The, yeah. Yeah, it's a very modern European city. Yeah. Uh, coming from the States, I had really no expectations, I had no idea. So I was just open to anything. Amazing staff, yeah. friendly people, like you guys have got, you've got the whole gig going on here. It's, it's, imp you. it's impressive, yeah. It, it, and I, I do think this is a good base for you, obviously. Uh, as as you expand across the United States and, and keep growing, you know, I wanted to see yesterday. We took the full tour yesterday, so I got to see a lot of robots. Uh, leading edge protection, obviously, yeah. huge in the United States and Europe. Right? It's, a, it's, a, it's a massive problem. The robot I saw, and the amount of effort going into getting consistency, uh, and the. The, the blade in the back, yeah. right? We so have they're, the they're, test blade. they have a test blade. The 150 yeah. different iterations of the spatula for putting yes. in that yeah. be in. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and the different kinds of uh, products you're applying, that's impressive. Oh, yeah. The ice phobic coatings is a similar thing. You want to walk through like what Offerings. that is and yeah. So we're working now with a lot of data and, you know, like uh, building the platform how to. We believe that robotics is the only way how to turn the industry from corrective to preventive maintenance. Yeah. So how. Uh, about the efficiency and the, of the maintenance is like how we are seeing these blades falling down. And for larger turbines, when one blade is falling down, it's actually taking entire turbine. So we see it as a problem. And uh, one thing is to do faster inspections. The second right. thing, like faster and better inspections. The second thing is to do uh, proper and preventive, uh, preventive repairs. And therefore, we're going to these, you know, like from the repairs, the easiest part was to build the leading edge repair robot. Also, what we saw, like for one, 1.5, maybe even two megawatt turbine, leading edge erosion, the loss of the efficiency is not that severe that, uh, yeah, you know, like right. uh, the repair is basically OPEX, like you, you just mm -hmm. invest into, into the repair. And um, with the larger turbines like 2.5, 3, 4, 5 megawatt turbines, it's no-brainer. Like basically the repair, the, like maintenance of the leading edge uh, pays for itself and yeah. you're actually oh, yeah. getting more money out mm -hmm. of the turbine. So it's like a uh, capex uh, investment. Yeah, absolutely. So that's our calculation in, in, and, and therefore we start to understand that, hey, this is a point when the turbines are becoming bigger and bigger. Mm -hmm. This is a point when it makes sense to maintain the leading edge rather than uh, to spin it to category five and repair. Right, right, right. I mean, we're sitting here in front of, we, we, we've been talking about the blade robots, right? But this is another robot that you guys have designed in-house. Yeah. And this is the internal inspection machine. Oh yeah. This is generation two internal inspection crawler. Uh, we've done uh, thousands and thousands of turbines uh, and, and what we see, the data, what we get, we, we, we see that for larger blades, internal inspections are actually 
more important than the drone inspections. Yeah. Uh, you see a lot more cracks and a lot more uh, problems and it's, and it's things from are, inside. Yeah, it's things outside. that are like uh, structural issues. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. You're not looking ones. at leading over that. Yeah. You're looking at, oh man, this blade might come down. Yeah. You need to be looking inside the blade. Or we can't put up this blade. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sure. You know what? And it's something we talked about yesterday. You guys, um, lots of blade inspections and been doing a ton of them. You said thousands and thousands of internal blade inspections, but you've recently added some some engineering support on that side too. Oh yeah. Yeah. We now have like blade specialists, which uh, have worked for more than 15 years in the wind industry, uh, repairing the blades, doing the analytics, what, where, how mm -hmm. needs to be repaired and so on. So now we have in-house uh, these kind of people. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we walked into the analytics. This is the analytics yeah, room yeah, yesterday, yeah. and it was just like a one. bunch of people with headphones on in front of the computers. Like, yep, this looks like analytics to me. Yeah. These guys are getting it done. That's where the real insights are coming from. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and these guys are actually training the AI uh, mm. to do the job. So it, at the matter of the scale, we don't believe that they, you, you will have sufficient amount of people to go through the data and understand and, and do the proper suggestions dive deeper in, in all of those problems. So they are training the AI how to recognize, how to give the recommendations uh, for, for the cracks. And one more interesting thing about this crawler, when we began to build it, uh, many of the companies were coming and saying like, no, it's not necessary. You know, like uh, we do the root inspection with the, with the humans. We do the internal inspections. Stick your head in the blade, look um, around. Maybe yeah. even walking and, you know, like with flashlight and taking some pictures of the mm -hmm. things. And, you know, like the main problems are in the root area of the blade. And we started to do these inspections and from already from thousands of turbines, we see that a lot of level category five and fours are actually deeper inside of the blades where right. the humans couldn't get in. Right. Yeah. We've saved tens of blades uh, yeah. in just this season, like, yeah. which wow. would definitely fall down if we wouldn't do the inspection. But then right. even comparing the data, like I have customers that want, for example, there is a site, you know, that is pretty critical and by re-inspections the technology allows to see if the crack is growing or not yeah. and so by actually turbine, yeah, yeah but by by millimeters you know like the, the difference and 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 i get i think again like the technology allows us to make so much more sophisticated decisions strategic decisions like if we are looking at the budgets maybe there are some companies but i haven't heard when they're saying you know this year i managed to do it on the budget i have some money left what i'm gonna do it's always like running yeah, back yeah, and yeah. trying to you know Everybody's like strategically think yeah. okay i have this much money what am i going to repair because i have so many things actually to do that it's like a, you, you need like yeah. kind of strategic and critical decision making and the technology is all allowing us to do that yeah we, we sat through a couple of uh, some presentations that you've been given to the market yesterday and it was interesting to see a lot of because you guys have been on so many turbines whether it's lps testing drain hole cleaning internal inspections all the above you've spent on all fleets all across the world thousands of blades uh so you were able to you're able to actually i mean even just for the commercial presentations derive a lot of insights oh into yeah, yeah. Right. we one of them yesterday saw nine the average of 19.4 percent of lps systems are not in, in perfectly intact in the world yeah. like are broken that's scary yeah. if, I, if i if i was if i'm an insurance person listening to this i'm thinking 20 percent then uh, I need to be talking to, to my policyholders and my underwriters to say, hey, someone needs to be doing something about these LPS systems. Arones is seeing 20% failure uh, in testing on them. Right, and I think you guys have the data because oh, yeah. you've yeah. tested so many. And then the thing about LPS systems and why they weren't tested was because it was difficult to do. Mm -hmm. It took so much mm -hmm. time, a person on a rope, you got these cables, it's, it's kind of a complicated thing. The robot simplifies that process greatly. 
Yeah. Plus, it adds a couple of the features that you, you, yeah. you clean the drain holes. You can clean the drain holes just while you're there. You have extra bonus things that can happen. And maybe next year we you can install strike tape. Yeah, exactly. I just wanted <laughs> right. to say, next year we want to start applying the strike tape. So, yeah. 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 How, how, how I'm looking at this, you know, like the industry suffers from the lightning a lot, like for years already. And the turbines yep. are becoming bigger. So they're higher and higher and higher. And yep. so the, the static electricity when they're spinning uh, and also the global warming is increasing the lightning. Yeah. Yeah. And and then you ask like to the industry, like, hey, but what do we actually do to you mitigate this problem? Mm -hmm. And you understand <laughs> that, like, nothing. We, <laughs> we just insure the turbines. Yeah. And do you inspect, do you improve the lightning protection systems? Like, do you put the lightning stripes? Do you inspect the turbines? Do you repair uh, mm -hmm. the lightning protection just systems? Just keep the fingers crossed, nothing's going to happen, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, yeah. Nothing is actually being done. And... Uh, so we have the data now that it proves that you actually can repair the 20% of the turbines, uh, lighting protection systems, and avoid and improve the systems, yeah. uh, lighting protection systems, and uh, basically avoid 90% uh, of your problems yeah. uh, because of the lighting. And, and that's what we are seeing. Like, uh, it's, there are no problems which you couldn't solve, like human, human, no. human wouldn't be able to solve. It's yeah. just uh, a matter of will. Because <laughs> well, I think a large part of the LPS problems is corrosion is is corrosion oh, because yeah. the drain holes are plugged, oh, yeah. and who goes up there and, and opens up drain holes? A nobody technician. Does that. Nobody does yeah. it, right? Because it's it's difficult to do and it's sort of a pain to do. But the robot gets rid of all the the problems, right? It's fast. It goes up. It cleans it out thoroughly. You have an you can show that it's clean, yeah. right? So you have video proof and a record that it's clean, and then yeah, yeah and then your a, LPS system will yeah. live longer because it's not always in water well it's like a it, the way that your robots are designed is a is a kits as well right like greta you and i have spoken in the past yeah hey i can be on site great well we can test the lps we can clean the drain holes now we could do an lep repair we can clean the tower we can do an internal inspection i've got a crew like oh man we can do all this stuff with just this one crew mobilized yeah i just wanted to mention like this is also my kind of personal goal from the business and aeron's perspective mm -hmm. and some like very often actually i'm putting myself into customers shoes and what do you want you do not want 10 contractors coming yes, to your site. Yes, right. You want that one, one point of yeah, exactly. You want point, that yeah. one, one yeah. stop shop. And this is where we are trying, I think, to go. And this is where we will be in terms also of the blade repair. Uh, and it's just a, a matter of time. Yeah, yeah. And well, in the time, you can see the time progressing here. Yeah. Right. We, we, we saw some stuff yesterday that was, wow, well, we're way further than we thought. Mm. Um, I had read some, an EU project about possible blade repair with robots in the last six months or whatever. And I'm looking here, I'm like, why are they doing this project? It's done. <laughs> yeah. Like it's here, it's, it's, here. it's almost ready, you know? So uh, impressive. NDT, let's talk NDT yeah. while yeah. we're here. So NDT is finally coming to scale, right. robot wise. Right. Right, we're, it's no longer a very specialized technician flown in from Italy or wherever they're coming from to scan the blade by hand and provide a report mm -hmm. six months later. Uh, if you're lucky. If you're lucky. <laughs> that you're trying to simplify that and oh, yeah. you've designed a specific robot we've designed a specific robot to go do that yep. you want to describe what that is and how that works because i think it's really insightful into the approach and how useful that will be into industry oh yeah you know like we we started with the uh, lightning protection system test then we built the internal inspection crawler yep. then we started to do also the drone inspections and um, it's kind of you know like you can 
put the parallels with the health uh, industry, right? So right. You, you, you want to go to the hospital, which can do the visual inspection, which can do right. the x-ray, which can do, you know, like MRI and right. something. Not just and, yeah. like the blood test. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And sort of, you know, like every crack starts with uh, some ear bubble, right? So, and uh, we, yeah. we, as we see that NDT is inevitable next step of the evolution of the, yes. uh, of the maintenance yeah. and yeah. inspections of the turbines. But, uh, and of course, you go to the customer and you say like, hey, we can do NDT, but uh, it will be like 10 days of the downtime of the turbine and so on by right, hand. Right, right. Yeah, uh, it's hard to find feasible. an NDT technician, let alone one that goes on ropes. Oh, right, yeah. right. That, there's a very small group. And so we understood that the robots could do the job faster. And we've been looking in active thermal. We've been looking into ultrasound, x-rays, and so on. And so now we are testing already the, the first version of the ultrasound robot, inspection robot. Um, and we put big, uh, big, big expectations on that technology. And I want to say thank you to Force Technology because oh, yeah. like these guys, they have been our partners and they mm. are the experts mm. in the industry. We truly believe also in their technology. So I think by joining two forces, it's, it's going to work great. Yeah. 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 When you, in, whether you're in oil and gas or above ground storage tanks or anything that runs <laughs> in the NDT world, composites, aircraft, you know Force Technology. Right. Yeah. So yeah. they're yeah. they're an established player. They're good at what they do. They're some of the best in the world, um, and they're always innovating and making new technology as well. So joining them with you guys is uh, that should be a home run. Oh yeah. I mean next. So next frontiers for our owns offshore. It oh, has yeah. to happen. It yeah. has to happen. So yeah. We're already doing trials, and you know, like I'm talking about the the scaling and everything. You know, like the industry is scaling right now. We're building more turbines, not only more but also bigger, and. One of the biggest problems is actually not the robots or, you know, like, but, but, but the, one of the biggest problems is that we can't scale at the human, uh, at the labor. Yeah, right. The and, technicians. Uh, and the robots are enabling us to do the, the job more efficiently. And we are training not the humans, we're training the robots to do the job. So, mm -hmm. and, and it make, we, we make the process much easier. So it is what it is. And um, yeah, the robots is, is, is going to be inevitable uh, part of the, of this transition. And also like the robots are actually getting a lot more data. We're getting smarter about the decisions, right? So yep. uh, yep. those two parts are, are very, very like, uh, they're going hand in hand, Complimentary, yeah. right? So it's, it's not just to build a robot, but also how you treat the data uh, which you're getting with it. And we see that we need to get dive deeper and deeper in these inspection tools. Like uh, we need to get to the next step of the NDT tests. Uh, uh, and other tests, and, and, yeah. and I think that, uh, yeah, we're on the right way. What's next? What are the next steps? Next steps, make the robots even more efficient and the automation. So basically, uh, what, we're, what, we, what we've been doing right now, what, like, like the, the next step of the development of the robots is, is, we know that the robots can do the job. We can repair the leading edge. We can do the lighting protection system test. We can do the internal inspection. We can do the drone inspection. We can do uh, cleaning, and 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 soon enough we will be able to do the crack repairs and and uh, ultrasound inspections and other things. The next thing is how to make it even faster. So if we can do as we coating application for two turbines a day, can we do three turbines a day? If we do internal inspection for three turbines a day, can we do four turbines a day? So the the speed is going to be one of the major part of the maintenance of the turbines. Like the it's downtime like, keep is keep on is, challenging ourselves. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and, and and also automation, like and how to get to from three to four. It's basically to build the AI, to build the the, the software, which is uh, 
which is smarter and, and doing the job better uh, than, than the human might do. Right. Because I don't know if you know the story that uh, in the beginning we were barely doing one turbine a day for lightning protection system tests. Obviously, that was the very, very beginning, you know, when we actually had the idea to, to make the robot to do those tests. And then the day came when we did six turbines a day. Yeah. <laughs> so right. it's, it's about keep yeah. challenging yourself. And we saw also that in technician's eyes, obviously safety is always the number one thing also for us, you know, and hence we have the app, hence we have the tasks for the technicians and so on. But you could see from the technicians, the guys were like, okay, three is the max that we can do. And they kept challenging each other. And they were like, I think we can do four. And you see that we can do four and then we can do five, you know, and it's like, I think yeah. this is what we're trying to do also internally, not not to set the limit, but like to understand that even what you think is the limit, it's not. Right. So, and yeah. I, I want to touch on Danis's point about AI for a minute. Yeah. I don't want to give away everything that I saw yesterday. <laughs> However, I do think if you're an operator and you're running a farm, you don't realize the powerful software and AI that's been put into the backside of the robots, or even oh, sometimes yeah. the front side of the robots that are doing some of these tasks. It's not a, a, a very, I think there's sometimes a simplistic look, okay, there's an internal rover, it's driving through, it's taking some pictures. Yeah, that's the easy part. The yeah. hard part is taking that data and doing something with it and using uh, photographic features, AI to interpret that and to come out with something useful so you're not just throwing thousands of images at a blade engineer in Texas to go look through, you're giving them actionable information. I think the key here, Joel, and we, hear, we heard this in Amsterdam at the conference was, we need actionable yeah. data so I know what to do. Tell, I me, don't, tell me what to do. I don't need mm. 10 months of my engineers looking through this stuff. I need Arons to tell me, these blades get fixed, these wait a year, these need LEP, these need LPS. That's the kind of level which you're delivering. Okay. That, is, that is the real, game changer in my opinion is that it's actionable that's huge so and i can i can give an example like uh you know like you see a meter big uh or three feet you know like big crack from outside yeah. nothing from inside it's yeah. one decision you see uh yep. three feet uh, big crack from outside and 10 feet big crack from inside <laughs> well it's completely another it's completely yeah. another decision shut it and, down yeah, and yeah. Exactly. Get, get the crawler out of there <laughs> yeah and, and we have so many we situations, situations yeah, yeah. Like, oh, get, no <laughs> have so many of those there. situations with the with the drone it's like white nice beautiful blade mm -hmm. uh and from inside it's eight meters uh of a crack right. yeah. and uh and and so the inside uh, of the technology uh, you know like gives you another perspective how to how to make the decisions. Right, right, and that's the key, right, is as the energy transition is happening, we need actionable information, Oh yeah. not just megabytes, terabytes of information, we need something we can react to. I think Arons is, is doing that now. Oh, that's yeah. the transition, that's the real key to the next one couple of years. One crawler gets 35 gigabytes of data. Wow. Like from one turbine. That's from, right. one, turbine. from one turbine. Wow. One so turbine. in one okay. day, the guys are collecting more than 100 gigabytes of data. So how wow. to get through it, how to analyze that yeah. and give a valuable information out of it. Yeah, so now extrapolate that to a, a utility scale wind farm in the United States, 100 yeah. turbines. 200 turbines. 200 300 turbines. Terabytes of data. Yeah. And some someone or something uh, has to <laughs> make insights out of it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the key. Uh, and this is why we've come to Latvia, is that we wanted to, to see this firsthand 
and to, to sort of touch and feel and to meet everybody and see the new facility, which is magnificent, by the way. So congratulations to you both. Uh, yeah, we're really impressed and, and thanks for the invitation to come. Uh, yeah, uh, if you're working in operations and you're planning your blade repair seasons for the coming spring, you better call Greta, get on the yeah. phone right now and, and book that time, Greta. Danis, thank you so much for being on the podcast. We love having you on, and we'll we I know we see you at shows all the time, and that's fantastic. But it's it's really good to meet here. Yeah. So, and I want to say thank, thank you. you for coming because I know it was not a short flight, yeah. and it's winter outside. It's snowing. It's yes. not easy to even get to our office, <laughs> yeah. to be honest, at this time of yeah. the year. Yeah. But it, it has been a pleasure, and thank you so much for for coming. Yeah. yeah. Next time in Dallas. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Let's do that. Let's do that. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good idea. We're there. We're going to be there.